0: Welcome back to USFL Daily here at 4 Football. As always, I'm your host, John Daigle, joined today by Justin Freeman from what appears to be a hotel lobby, Justin.
1: In downtown Cincinnati, of all places, we're living it up, man. This is, uh, I actually just got in yesterday, we're in Cincinnati visiting my wife's family and it's beautiful, it's beautiful here. I had, uh, I did not have the highest of expectations. I've not known much about uh, the city of Cincinnati, but it's been awesome, like it's a, uh, gorgeous city
0: they are proud people with good breweries so i won't say much uh but perhaps you will realize that you might run out of things to do in like three or four days i'll say that much well uh, i'm
1: here for three or four days there's a casino right around the corner here uh that's that's like three or four days worth of enjoyment right there hitting the reds game up tonight
0: also i believe you may have to look into this but i believe there might be like a football analytics conference get together meet up with the pff guys going on at mad tree which i personally think has the best ipas in cincinnati um so maybe look into that as well because i believe all those guys are hanging out over there pro football focus zone ian harditz lives like just a couple blocks away because anytime i visit him we that's the place we usually go so yeah maybe look at into that as well if you get some free time
1: pretty highly concentrated group of usfl uh nuts
0: all in one city that's that's what's happening. That's why I honestly figured you were there. But no, you were there visiting family, but you were still here making time to talk about USFL. And I want to start with Friday night, and we will go about this in a showdown slate way because we do have another Friday night game, two at 8 p.m. Eastern, I believe, and then two Saturdays and a Sunday.
1: One Saturday, two Sundays.
0: One Saturday, two Sunday. Okay, they, they seem to change it all the time. Every week, yeah. <laughs> But yes, let's go ahead and start with this Friday night game between the Maulers and the Generals. And it's important because I feel like the theme of last week was us basically getting rugged on so many players we thought were going to be handed more opportunity because that's the way trends were going towards. And we did get like a Bo Scarborough in the end, but really like everything else, in my opinion, fell through the wayside. And wasn't as predictive as I thought we were finally leaning that direction since we were in week seven. But no, things changed, especially lots of injuries. And what we saw, let's start with the Pittsburgh side, is that they basically just went ahead and went with an entirely different quarterback altogether and threw Josh Love out there, which led to a different offense really uh, altogether from them.
1: As you think about sort of the theme of the week, it's really quarterback chaos week uh, here for the USFL. There, as you look team by team, you don't really know what to expect at the quarterback position for almost every single team. As we look at Pittsburgh, uh, we saw Vadley get the start last week. He gets pulled mid-game for Roland Rivers. So the team's just desperate for a spark, a playmaker uh, at that position. On the New Jersey side, um, we have Luis Perez, who operated the start of last week without DeAndre Johnson active this week DeAndre Johnson is active but like the team's already locked up the playoffs do they give Johnson the theoretical week off like do they just use him as needed do they go back to the 50-50 split that they were doing earlier this season that much kind of really remains to be seen and so like if you're trying to approach this game from a showdown perspective it's it's kind of chaos like you don't know which quarterbacks to go with and and so i think for the for the main slate i'm i'm not considering any of these guys as viable players at the quarterback position. Uh, we did see Madre London pop off as a running back last week, 99 yards and a tuddy on the ground from him. Um, that's obviously fantastic. And Darius Victor, like, finds a way to get it done every single week. Um, he's maybe not the most high-ceiling guy in the league, but uh, I'm not sure there's been a week where he hasn't scored a touchdown so far.
0: And even then, for Madre London, speaking on Pittsburgh's backfield, still just 18 touches to Groshik's 11. Obviously, much more explosive London is, but really it's still a timeshare there. And I know we can fit at least three in, and we'll talk about these guys as we move along, but what we do know is that we at least have, well, pending injuries, but... Barring something chaos happening, we have Matt Colburn and Bo Scarborough. Like, those are the two guys we lean on. And if they are anything less than 100% rostered, that's incorrect. They should just be rostered given all of the usage changes these backfields go through uh what's also frustrating and for showdowns i will be playing deandre johnson i'll at least be taking a chance knowing he has that kind of single game slate breaking upside uh, that's, that's what i don't mind burning money on a player like that in showdown slates in particular what freshmates what frustrates me though about the qb changes and scrambles in the usfl is that even like last week we talked about it and although you advised against it I still went ahead and played all Jamar Smith and I got it right. But it was one of those situations where I had to tell my girlfriend as she left me, it was about the process as Smith threw for 130 yards at an interception. So even though I got him at single digits and I played that correctly, it didn't matter. And so that's the frustrating part about these quarterback changeups. that even if you guess them right, the quarterback play is so bad in the league that really we're just looking about who has the highest ceilings here. And that's why I do like DeAndre Johnson again, maybe not for, not in like I don't think there's even a four-game slate. Maybe there is. I'm not sure. But either way, like that's why I definitely want DeAndre Johnson at least in showdowns in all of my lineups.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like is you're looking for guys who have easy pass to success. If DeAndre Johnson's on the field at all, like he's probably gonna be a real big uh portion of the winning lineup, uh just in the way he accumulates points. But uh, overall, this is a game New Jersey should walk away with, and you see the records right here on the screen, 6-1 and one for the Generals, 1-6 and six for the Maulers. Uh, it shouldn't be super competitive, uh, but uh, if we talk about the Pittsburgh side, and you're looking for ways to um, mix it up here this game. The receivers give you some really nice options for both teams. Uh, we saw Bailey Gaither took a weird step back last week, uh, only 35% of the routes run, if I recall correctly, and uh, just – was took a backseat in a game where Trey Walker was suspended. So like we thought Gaither was just going to be a stone cold lock to see volume. And he wasn't. So just goes to show like week in, week out, you don't know what to expect, especially from Kirby Wilson's team. Um, but on the New Jersey side, we saw Jamon Moore return back to uh, action and he uh, was the, the former Packer. who has got a pretty lengthy track record of success uh, in the NFL. So we know he's got some chops. And if you're looking for ways to maybe get off of Cavante Turpin, Uh, I think Jamon Moore is a really sneaky way to do it. A guy who probably projects to be a full-time player this week. Uh, So I love going to him.
0: And as we saw in Turpin's results last week, again, chalk wide receivers and USFL have typically been poor options for DFS. You just don't go that route. Um, Having said that, do you have a lean on Trey Walker returning? Because on one hand, you could say, okay, well, at least he did have, what was it? Uh... 38 targets the past three games leading up to his suspension game. But then also with Josh Love under center, they only threw 23 times anyhow. And so I'm curious, like like that's not enough volume if they're going to continue going that route with Love. And so it seems like a spot where we could go back to him quietly at post-suspension, but maybe not if we're not going to get the volume.
1: Yeah, I mean, trying to figure out what to expect here is very difficult. As we mentioned, Vadley and uh, Roland Rivers are sort of the two options at quarterback for them this week, and like, if you're looking at sort of targets per route run as like a leading indicator for who to expect volume to go to. Uh, you, you just, you can't project that to be sticky from one quarterback to another. So as you're introducing all this uncertainty, like we don't know that it's going to be Trey Walker. It could be Delvon Harway. It could be um, Isaiah Henney. It could be anybody. And so um, I think we want to go with situations we feel a bit more confident in. But I think Trey Walker definitely stands out as a guy who has some upside in this offense in his first week back after suspension.
0: One, feel free to correct me live because I got my old uh, Mauler's roster is mixed up and saying Josh Love there. But you know what I meant badly in a quarterback situation. You know what I meant. Uh, having said that, though, before we move on, I will say showdown lineup still. I don't mind DeAndre Johnson and Trey Walker giving that a chance. Maybe not the four-game slate. Maybe, maybe... Uh, Trey Walker I don't think he's a ceiling with those options though so probably not Trey Walker in the four game slates but showdowns definitely I'll play him moving on though to our lone Saturday game which we'll also discuss as a showdown lineup it is the New Orleans Breakers and the Birmingham Stallions and what we saw under center for Birmingham as I mentioned was not only Jamar Smith getting every snap surprisingly still got there though but also Bo Scarborough becoming and emerging as basically the lone work workhorse left in the USFL with 27 carries and 28 touches overall. A league high, 28 touches, mind you. So any thoughts to break down on the Birmingham offense?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you yeah, know, going ahead and utilizing Bo Scarborough a lot makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, I don't think there's any real reason to overthink this. The league loves Bo Scarborough. I think the Stallions love him. Um, he's just been really good ever since he's joined this team and has gotten tremendous workload like there was a lot of reason to be skeptical last week with CJ Mirable coming back into the lineup it didn't matter like they, they ran with Bo anyway he's started running back there or at least so it seems right now um you know the, the breakers they have an emerging running back situation where uh, Anthony Jones and Jordan Ellis have a really kind of interesting conundrum going on there because they do continue to rely on Anthony Jones on the ground uh, he looks like maybe their preferred runner but uh, Jordan Ellis actually led the team in snaps last week and routes run. And so uh, there could be sort of maybe this like thunder lightning type dynamic emerging there Uh, makes both of them not as sexy uh, as you'd like them to be, but I'm probably still leaning Anthony Jones in a vacuum. Uh, but, yeah, the quarterback situation is kind of weird here for both teams too because yeah, I think Jamar Smith was probably going to be benched at quarterback if not for Alex Magoo having to play wide receiver last week for the Stallions. Like, they were just got really thin at a couple different positions and Magoo's out there running receiver routes. And uh, the Breakers, they have a quarterback situation of their own. Like, Cal Slaughter uh, comes in. He's the starter. I think he looks fine, uh, but it, it doesn't seem to matter. They still – want to utilize their backup quarterback as well. And so um, I, I don't know whether to continue to uh, expect that, but they've used Zach Smith for extended periods a couple of times so far this year, which just like gives Slaughter a little bit scarier before. Now, granted, he was, I think the highest scoring quarterback on the slate last week. He was the guy you needed, but uh, just a little bit of scary uncertainty there for both teams. At quarterback.
0: And what we're seeing, unfortunately is, Although Anthony Jones is leading that New Orleans backfield and touches, he's not separating really from Jordan Ellis. Like in the last two weeks alone, Jones has 37 touches to Ellis 25 and they still don't mind using Ellis inside the 10 yard line as the bigger body guy. So overall, like, even though Ellis lacked the ceiling, at least at one point for a two, three game stretch there, we were getting 20 plus touches for him. Now it is a true timeshare. So we basically lost that backfield, minus like a surprising 100 yard game from Jones. But even those typically aren't good enough since uh, some of the running backs we're rostering will have be guaranteed to at least have 20 plus touches. Any thoughts on either of these passing games? Because it was poor for Jamar Smith last week. And that Victor Bolden even just three targets, Osiris Mitchell, five targets on 24 attempts. But at the same time, we've seen Jamar Smith have a ceiling before. Uh, for a couple of weeks there, he looked like he was honestly going to finish as the best quarterback in the USFL. So it's almost like a back, a, a situation I don't mind like targeting for a bounce back spot
1: yeah for sure and there's a couple key injury pieces of news over on the Birmingham side as well Victor Bolden not playing this week neither is Jeff Thomas at receiver so two receivers they'll be down this week and Victor Bolden like the entire offense has funneled through him uh, so far this season, Carrie Angeline, the starting tight end, also out. So you're looking at Sage Surratt being the the next man up at tight end, getting 100% of the tight end snaps, like rocking and rolling out there. Um, as you look at you know, guys who are going to replace Victor Bolden, it's going to be Osiris Mitchell, it's going to be Marlon Williams, it's going to be Michael Darius. That's probably the three wide set there. I like the idea of. Uh, spitting up some Michael Darius. Um, I I think he could be a really sneaky, under-the-radar type of play this week as a guy who projects to probably take close to all the snaps if they stick with the three-wide set that it projects at right now.
0: And I'm not saying you don't have to double stack, but knowing the situation when it comes to showdown games for Saturday only, that slate, you probably – I think it's best to play like Jamar Smith with the options that are the least rostered since we don't know what's going to happen. We know Osiris Mitchell will be the highest rostered among these receivers. So definitely just go in a different direction. That would be my suggestion to everyone, whether it be Marlon Williams or as you mentioned, Michael Darius for sure.
1: Yeah, and then as you're looking at the uh, breaker side of the ball uh, at the pass catch, it's kind of the usual suspects there. Uh, keep an eye on Sean Poindexter, who I think may be a little bit questionable here this week. But um, you know, it's it's Johnny Dixon and it's Jay Adams. That's that's really it. And then Sal canella looking like a. Uh, capable pass catcher at tight end Uh, and i don't think you have to look much deeper than that i think if poindexter were to uh maybe sit out taewon taylor would be the next guy up but i think we're getting pretty thin at that point uh, unnecessarily thin and uh, while the salaries are starting to tighten up across the board i don't think we have to get quite that deep especially for a game that is on saturday um i I think i want to save most of my sort of high leverage swaps for sunday
0: i will say though that and maybe call my shot here that the last game that sean poindexter mixed missed that was the game a couple weeks back where Tywan taylor led the team and targets with six and target share so i definitely won't mind throwing a lot of Tywan taylor and trying to be over the field on him assuming sean poindexter's ruled out moving on though to the sunday games and we will continue talking about them for the three- and four-game slates, the bigger picture, the Michigan Panthers at the Philadelphia Stars. And this is where I kept getting mixed up with Josh Loves because he moved from Pittsburgh to Michigan, a backfield also that Reggie Corbin still is exploding in but not separating at all because now, as we saw with Cameron Scarlett and Stevie Scott both healthy last week, it's still a three-headed backfield and Corbin merely out-touched him 13-11 to for Scott. And so, although Corbin's explosive, it's almost like we can't use him, Justin. At least, like, that's my view of the situation.
1: Yeah, it's always tough. It's like playing uh, Alvin Kamara when he's got a guy like Mark Ingram taking touches away from him. You're just counting on ridiculous efficiency, and sometimes that could really get you in trouble. Um, You know, we love volume in fantasy football, and it's tough to know exactly what to expect on a weekly basis with Reggie Corbin. We do know that when the game is sort of on the rails, he's the guy they want to go with. That seems pretty clear, I think, at this point. But the problem is there's just too many other guys to work in. I'd say the comforting thing here is that Stevie Scott and uh, Cameron Scarlett have been on the injury report in uh, the last couple of weeks, and so uh, Reggie Corbin's been the only guy who's been super healthy and, and has kind of a clean sheet over that period of time. So uh, things could be uh, looking up for, for Corbin, and he's i mean—he's definitely the only guy that you're super strongly considering out of that backfield. Um, but I, I will point out that another quarterback situation on the horizon here for the Panthers. Josh Love pops up uh, yesterday uh, with a lower right arm injury, and so uh, he was limited in practice with that. I don't know that it'll impact his ability to start this game. We'll get some more news probably late tonight uh, after after contest lock. So just make sure you leave yourself some outs if you're planning on utilizing him, because you know, Josh Love is kind of an attractive play here uh, in this Panthers offense against the Stars. We think it should be an tempo type of game. If you're looking at places to stack, this could be one uh, of interest. And, and Love, I think, looks pretty competent out there.
0: Do you think there's an option to lean on, like if we're using late swap properly and taking our quarterback down to Sunday? Do you think there's another option behind Love that we could play if Love is ruled out?
1: Um, I, well, Paxton Lynch would be sort of the immediate guy that you could just keep everything intact and roll with Paxton Lynch.
0: Do we think he's healthy after, like, because we thought he was going to start last week. Uh, I'm not sure though, if that was due to injury or if just because they wanted to play Josh Love over him.
1: I think it's the latter. I think they want to see what they have in Love. But uh, it is nice to know sort of the next man up in that particular situation. Uh, otherwise, you can just mix and match to some of the other games here. You could go to Cookus and go with the Star Stag, And obviously, it's just going to depend on where the rest of your lineup is in terms of the field, uh, and in terms of how chalky you can play it. I think Cookus looks like a good play once again. Tiamu would probably be another uh, guy that you could consider in the late game.
0: And last week, the theme was really just trying to figure out what we could do instead of playing Tiamu, knowing he was going to be the highest roster quarterback in the field. We played that one correctly if you faded him. And that's sort of what I'm looking at again, knowing I'm not really scared of Tiamo in any situation. And if that's the case, yeah, I actually don't mind taking this decision down to Sunday and maybe playing either Josh Love or Paxton Lynch, knowing it's a one-for-one trade-off um, if you're waiting that long.
1: Exactly. I mean, one thing to keep in mind, though, could be salaries. Um, Make sure that you're leaving yourself room to swap to either guy in that particular situation because salaries are starting to tighten up. You know, DraftKings is finally starting to pay at least a little bit of attention as to who's who and who's capable of scoring a ton of points. There's still plenty of bargain bin guys to round out your roster with that are actually studs in the league, but you can't play exclusively high priced guys.
0: Unfortunately, true. Also, any Any particular favorites for stacking with Case Cookus, knowing like we're going to get a lot of attempts? That's the only reason we keep playing the Stars offense. That really isn't explosive or efficient, but they throw the ball at least. Do you have any favorites right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we saw Jordan Sewell pop up last week. Um, He'll probably garner some attention just being the the hot hand at the moment. Um, But, but, I mean, you can't overstate – how reliable Matt Colburn has been over the last couple of weeks at running back, but I I would go back to bug Howard. Um, You know, he's the guy who's probably been the most consistent player for them uh, over these first seven weeks. And so, yeah, I I would, I wouldn't make it too terribly complicated. We're still trying to get some injury news as to how the the rest of that receiving rotation is going to work out. But I think for right now, we're looking at Sewell and Howard as your two best pass catchers.
0: And as I mentioned for the stars, Because Paul Terry was out the past two weeks, we saw Colburn out-touch Darnell Holland 46-15. to Massive. So you're the one that keeps up with the injury reports overnight that are constantly changing, especially for Run the Sims. Do you think or are we aware if Paul Terry is going to be out or, like, limited in this game again?
1: Uh, We don't yet know. We do know he is on the injury report, as is Darnell Holland. Matt Colburn is not. Um, And so –
0: that's what thirty that
1: touches. Mean? We'll find out late tonight. Yeah, it's a good Hi. situation. If, if Terry is is inactive once again, that's all I need to know to play Matt Colburn. Like it's just a locked and loaded situation. And, and I mean, he has so many paths to success, whether it be on the ground or in the air. Uh, he's going to be plenty involved no matter what. Um, and, and with Holland you know, being limited again today, uh, I feel pretty good about firing up. Um, I probably thought fire up Colburn no matter what, but uh, if Terry's out, then it's a
0: slam dunk. Colburn also tied last week for the team high in target with seven. So definitely like if you're playing Cookus, knowing he's still going to be probably not as much as Te'amu, but at least 25, 30% rostered, Uh, feel free to play Colburn with Cookus as another unique way to get not only all the volume, but different exposure uh, than the rest of the field in your lineup. That's the way I'd be looking at it if taking that decision down the wire, but Colburn, 100% roster. Needs to be. Otherwise, like, tournaments are failing even in Week 8 USFL. And let's go to the final game happening Sunday evening. None other than the Houston Gamblers the Tampa Bay Bandits. And the issue, really, for Houston, Justin, is that not only is there no one really standing out in the passing game, and maybe you have an answer for Furby, who's in the chat. He even asked, how will Kenji Bahar affect the Gamblers receivers? But also, as we talked about before, we keep wanting to go back to Mark Thompson, who is, like, the only legitimate maybe NFL camp invite running back in this entire league. But the fact he's had four at only 14 touches in three of his last four games, like he's not getting anywhere near the volume we need for him to explode in DFS. And so like, that's my problem when looking at all these gamblers guys, unless you suggest there's a a breakout coming for one of their receivers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think with with Thompson, it's really tough to play. I mean, you got to know that the floor is scary low, and uh, but the, the ceiling is is crazy high. Like we've seen him rip big runs, and we've seen the Bandits be susceptible to some big runs in the past themselves on defense. So um, I, I got no problem mixing it in with Mark Thompson. Not a dude I'm prioritizing though. Overall, uh, I, I'm not not really a huge fan of this game overall. Anyway, uh, as we talk about Kenji. Uh, Kenji Bahar will be the starting quarterback at least in theory uh, for the Houston Gamblers here this week. Clayton Thorson placed on IR earlier this week with a with the injured elbow from last week. So with Kenji Bahar locked in at at QB one for this team. Uh, They've become interesting. They're they're a team you now have to think about Um, and and you're trying to figure out who would you stack him with? Uh, Well, he is a guy you could play naked if you needed to, but I will point out Isaiah Zuber has been on the injury report with an illness for the past two days and has not practiced so far this week. So um, based on sort of some of the illness things popping up around the USFL, it kind of seems like maybe there could be a COVID outbreak, uh, which the league's been a little bit lack. I mean, mean, obviously super lax compared to what the NFL is doing last year with COVID protocol Um, so he he could probably still play without uh, any practice this week but if Zuber misses uh, things really open up behind him. You could see Anthony Ratliff-Williams take on the number one role there. That would be how I'd be most likely to play it. Uh, T.O. Redding also coming in. Um, and then JoJo Ward probably rounds out the, the top three receiving group, if I had to guess. Um, we've just seen them utilize a number of different receivers. Tyler Palka is there as well. So uh, they've got four receivers that are in in the conversation to be the wide receiver one. I would think it goes Ratliff-Williams as the guy most likely to have a big game here.
0: Interesting. And what about on the other side of the ball with Tampa? As we talked about not only fading Tiamu last week, but also not chasing those two touchdowns two weeks ago from CGO Grady, knowing that that the volume just wasn't there. And we saw yet again uh, no wide receiver for Tampa emerge last week as Tiamu once again spread targets across personnel. And so is there anyone to you, in your opinion, outside of – uh, Darius, no, 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 even the backfield, um, BJ Emmons and Juwan Washington, even then we saw them literally split touches eight to seven, I think it was. So overall, anyone standing out in this offense?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I really hate this team <laughs> across the board, honestly. Like they're really tough to try to nail down. The one guy who I'll probably try to make sure I have some exposure to, though, is uh, Derek Dillon. Uh, a guy who I was really off last week because he was popping up on the injury report. He is on the injury report again this week, but he's been full in practice uh, so far every day this week. Uh, so I think he's over whatever it is that he's had and uh, should be out there rock and roll was pretty much an every down player for them last week. And if that continues, that's a pretty good opportunity. I think people are going to be more drawn towards John Franklin um, you know, whereas a, a guy who's basically scored only on touchdown plays uh, the past couple of weeks, uh, I think Derek Dillon is the guy we've seen have some explosive lid lifting upside and have a much higher catch rate than John Franklin so far this year. So if I'm going to uh, target anyone, to me, it's Derek Dillon this week.
0: And like you, I probably will just be off of this game altogether. So let's go ahead and wrap up this episode of week eight with your flag plant what do you think is the situation that you will be heaviest on and to start I think it is taking that Philly game down to the wire and late swapping due to injuries when we get there
1: exactly like so there's a game tonight and we have to figure out how much of our lineup we want to allocate to this game and to me I think there's more information advantage towards keeping it empty for right now so I'll essentially end up saw fading this game tonight anyway just so i can have the information that i need to properly attack that stars game uh, to me uh the, the good games are the early game sunday the stars game and the the saturday game the breaker stallions game so i want to try to concentrate my play on those and so you know, if i'm playing multiple entries and say the twelve uh, 12 contest this week I'll probably have just sprinklings of the players from this generals game, mostly on the general side, Uh, a little bit of Victor, um, you know, and and then a little bit of the receivers there from both teams. But for the most part, I want to leave myself out so that I can – have more information as we go throughout the week big game saturday another big game early sunday and then you just cross your fingers and hope that you can make it through the uh, sunday afternoon game
0: and not a lot of lineups but i still definitely don't mind burning a couple tickets on deandre johnson tonight in like the four game slate the bigger tournament just because like i know he can win the slate for you if he were to play every snap and we don't know the situation so i definitely don't mind taking a chance on that personally
1: Yeah, for sure. It's a high-risk, high-reward situation. But if if you're looking at players that actually can separate themselves at the quarterback position, there aren't many, but DeAndre Johnson is.
0: But with that, thanks again to everyone for tuning in. Thank you, Justin, for stopping down your family vacation just for the USFL. We always appreciate your work. And remember, everything we're talking about, projections, injury updates, not only – Will be there in the Run the Sims Discord waiting for you. But you can also get access to that and run Sims projections using the promo code 4 at runTheSims.com. I'm in the Discord usually over the weekend, just checking in from with Furby and everyone, making sure that we got all our healthy scratches and who is going to be in the starting lineups in order before kickoff. So join us all in there. But until then. Only four more weeks now, and then we get into the playoffs. So week nine is next week. Good luck for this one. We will see you next time.